This week we are in numbers, reflecting on what we've read over the last month. And if you blink, you'll miss such an important blessing from God. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Numbers is full of laws like we're going to talk about, but it's also full of great glimpses of God's grace. okay to not be okay. Um, It's been a couple weeks, so we are going to recap our journey through the Bible. And today, our focus is going to be totally on the book of Numbers. Um, It is a longer book, little little meatier, a little hard to get through. Um, So just bear with us as we share our our thoughts. Um, Numbers gets its name because there are a lot of numbers that go through a lot of the, the tribe numbers and such, but there's also um, the laws continue in numbers as um, God speaks to the Israelites in their journey. But as we were like reviewing before we got on, there's a lot that happened in numbers. There were a lot of things. God got a little pissy. God was angry in he numbers. He was very angry in numbers. And then he does some like, I don't know, then he does some cool things. <laughs> I mean, as God should do. (laughs) All about balance. Yeah. So Numbers, like the first chapter of Numbers starts off and God's like organizing their army. Like I I felt like he was getting people organized a little bit. Mm -hmm. Like breaking them apart. He had kind of already established the Levites to like guard the tabernacle and stuff. Um, What's interesting though, before you continue, because I bet you're going to shift it. I, I think I listen to these chapters. I know you listen to them all. Sometimes, like, if I get up early enough, I'll read the actual words of the Bible. Yeah, yeah. Sometimes I'll listen. But this one was literally, like, here are the tribes. And it would go, Reuben, 46,500. Si- Simeon, 59,300. And it literally lists off. I mean, it had a round because all of them were. <laughs> even numbers. Yeah, they're all even numbers, but still, like. And they're only counting men, right? I'm pretty sure they only count men. In these ones, yeah. They don't count women and children. Later on, do they count women, though? Anyway, they go through. That's the first part. But then later on, after a bunch of people die, they knew another count. I wonder what the comparison is of gains versus losses. What do you mean? In the... After all the... We'll get there. But, like, after all... After God kills all these people off after their battles. I think he does number them again before they go in the promised land. I think he does a whole... Yeah census or whatever again yeah okay but sorry what were you about to say um again it was like getting the people organized like you go first then you go then you go and I just always like for me I'm just always I get a chuckle about that but I had this whole thing that like the Levi the Levites were to guard the tabernacle and I was like what are what are they guarding it from it doesn't seem like people are coming to attack it so more they it almost seemed like they were in charge of guarding it so like people who weren't following God's law didn't do the things they weren't supposed to in the tabernacle, which is such an interesting thing. Like, most of the time you're guarding it from people attacking it. This time you were almost, like, guarding God from striking down people because people weren't 
doing the right thing. Yeah. Were they guarding it from like fellow Israelites or from enemies? Right. That's what it seemed yeah. like because yeah. it didn't, it wasn't talking about a lot of enemies. Yeah. But then later on they get into battles. But I mean, they during do. the battle, what do they do? Just sit around it and. <laughs> but it but is yeah. like. No, that is a good point. I mean, anytime that they're bringing up the Israelites, I'm thinking of like the pastoral office that we have now and like, you know, what are we in charge of and how do we protect not protect people from God, but, like, the pastoral office at times is seen as, like, a place to, like, be on guard about that or, like, be careful about that. And I'm not going to get political, but I did have this interesting discussion all around closed communion um, and almost, like, the responsibility that in some denominations people feel to, like, guard God's gifts Mm -hmm. so that they're sent out or used correctly and... I don't know, in this one conversation, like, why why do you think God's not capable of taking care of his own, <laughs> taking care of his own gifts or, you know, but it is like that responsibility of the pastoral office to say, you know, you, when you come before God, be respectful or mm-hmm. do it in this way. Well, and there are so many rules that went along with the tabernacle, like they were probably the resident experts of like, right. oh, you are not allowed to offer this pigeon as a sacrifice because it's deformed, you know, because... I don't know if or it you was didn't drain all or, the blood or throw yeah. the blood right or yeah. all these things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like someone had to remember how to do everything all of that. specifically. Yeah. I know. It's so I wonder if that goes along with it. Too. Crazy rules and laws. Yeah. In this world. But Yeah, I had put for that first section of numbers that God is a, he's a God of order and plan. And it may not be clear yet um, yeah. what the 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 point of the organization, but it was for a specific purpose. He was getting them all lined up and ready. Like, that was the other thing about numbers is, like, God knows what's coming. These people mm-hmm. have no clue what's coming. So when sometimes when you're like, gosh, you are acting, like, crazy, or, like, mm-hmm. you're coming down so hard on people, um, I, he's, like, preparing you mm-hmm. for things that you don't know are coming. Yeah, and if we're totally transparent, we're, like, already in Deuteronomy now, so we're reflecting back on what we've done, but, like, both of us had made have made the reflections on Deuteronomy like, oh, I get it. That's yep. why you did that. Mm-hmm. Which is where I think when we were reading numbers, we're like, holy cow, God. Like, all of these laws, all of these rules, all this kind of stuff. What is happening? And But isn't that everyday life? I'm like, what the frick are you doing, Lord? And then um, six months later, I'm like, oh, gotcha. I <laughs> like, I get, I get it. it now. If only we could remember that when we're in the heat of the moment. <laughs> But through numbers and through Deuteronomy, you're you're always saying these little things about like, but take care of the Levites, but don't forget about the Levites. But like, I feel like you always see these little touches of that, Mm -hmm. which are important things, I think, for, I mean, I come from a pastor's family. So like when I see those things, it kind of like just warms my heart. Like, don't forget about them. They're workers in a different way than you are, but they're still Mm -hmm. workers. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the tabernacle gets opened in number seven through eight like it kind of i don't know makes its debut i don't know uh and i think there's some cool things that happens out of that you know like comes about because you can see god's um like you can see god's power descend upon it but then you can see all the things that the people do like washing themselves and shaving themselves and all these ritual things they have to do Mm -hmm. um i think it's interesting I'm chuckling because my reflection for number seven and eight says, I feel like we're journeying toward the end of all the rules and preparations. 
Spoiler alert, that's a lie. They continue to Deuteronomy, so. So many rules. <laughs> so many rules. But it was so interesting. I had, like, reflected that when they got the Ten Commandments, they seemed so general. Like, yeah. honor your father and mother. You shall have no other gods. Like, boom, 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 boom. These were, like, to the specific inch of how things were supposed to be done. The kind of blood, you know, everything was so specific. And, like, it could be nitpicky, but, like, why wouldn't God deserve something mm-hmm. like so specific and perfect and pristine and but well like taken care of? Reading that, like laws and specifics, so much and all the things they had to follow from a nowadays perspective, where like I don't believe in works righteousness, like I don't believe we do all these things so that God saves us, like He already saves us and mm-hmm. loves us. It's a it's an interesting I don't know dichotomy because I also don't think God was like follow all these rules or you won't be my people he was like you are my people so I want you to follow all these rules Mm -hmm. and this I think I have probably written this down multiple times is that you if you think about and even as a parent now if you think about a life of disobedience I always tell our son he's not like a liar but if he knows he's in trouble he might fib a little bit right and I always say you're going to get in less trouble if you just tell me the truth. Like, I'll probably discipline you, and then we'll move on. If you lie, that's really going to take me off. So now you're going to get a punishment for lying and a punishment for whatever you did kind of thing. And that's kind of like ruminating. But it, a life of disobedience is not enjoyable. Like, no. And I think that's why there's these rules because, I mean, I know we're sinful human beings, and it's really hard to be perfect, but, like, if we are following God's rules and his laws, we're probably going to enjoy life more to the f- to the fullest, you know? Yeah. Well, and I think, and too. There's consequences, like, even with re- relationships and friendships and all that, like, earthly when, things. When we see all the rules, too, like, in the numbers and into Deuteronomy, too, like, after a while, because God's people follow all these rules, they start to look different than all the other people that are living in the world. Like, I think God is using it to, like, continue to set them apart, continue Mm -hmm. to show that they are a different tribe, a different type of people. And then within that, I have that God does that even morely with the Levites to set them apart as people that work his tabernacle. So Mm -hmm. I do begin to, I think we do begin to see towards the end of Numbers and even, or during Numbers too, when people that they encounter, people that they come up against, like, they look different, like they catch people's attention because they behave and they act differently and that like that's a huge lesson mm-hmm. in and of itself. But sometimes it's hard to be different. And I think the Israelites might see that too of like Yeah. I guess though you never really hear their perspective. Because numbers no. is a lot of like Moses saying, Do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. And I do think you do see bits of rebellion in there. And you never really like, and maybe we get to it because there's this nice little chart in our thing that says Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, and Numbers, Deuteronomy are all law, right? And then we get into the Old Testament historical narrative. But I thought we were going to see a little bit more of like, they followed this cloud, you know, and like, here's where they went in the will. But there's no stories about that. Mm -mm. There's no stories of like, you know, I mean, there's like one chapter where like, they camped here, and then they left, and then they camped here, and then they left, and then they camped here, and then they left. But I, what I thought was cool is, like, the cloud and the fire that we know they followed through the wilderness started over the tabernacle. Like, and it must have been, I don't know, just, like, 
in awe of it. Mm-hmm. Like, it had to be, like, a cool, amazing mm-hmm. sight, don't you think? Yeah, like, you would think, but then you wonder if they had ever lost its, like, coolness. Right. You know, like, you can, things can lose their fervor, I guess, at times. But I do wonder, like, even Matt the other morning, he's like, wow, look at the sunrise. And I was like, yeah, I never slow down enough to look at that. But when I look at it, it looks amazing. Mm -hmm. So I wonder if that's, I expect it to be there kind of thing. Yeah. But can't be like that. So. What's interesting, what we had commented before we got on, is that, like, with the stories of they came to you or whatever, how they lacked stories, they're not, they got to their 40 wandering sentence in numbers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So right now, like, leading up to, like, this book, Numbers, they're still just trying to get to the promised land. Like, they haven't even started. And then quickly in Numbers, I don't know if we, I don't know. Yeah, in what Numbers that is. 12 through 14 is where I have it, that the spies went in and looked at the land. And, like, basically, they got the crap scared out of them. These people are so freaking huge. And like, sent, he sent 12 scouts in, one from each tribe. Yeah. Like, we're not going to be able to fight them. We should just go back to Egypt. And I was getting really sick and tired of that. Like, why? Mm-hmm. Why is it always we should just go back to Egypt? But then, okay, so here was my other perspective too, right? So you send spies in. They're like, these people are too strong and mighty. We can't fight them. God's like, fine, you're going to wander out here for 40 years. And for 40 years, he shows you over and over again the kind of army you are and the kind of people that you can take mm-hmm. out. So when you get to the promised land, you're like... We got this. Mm-hmm. You know, I just thought it was mm-hmm. an interesting. He's going to make you stronger in those times of wandering. This is interesting as like my Bible has like little notes. And this for the when the scouts came in. So there's 12 scouts that went. Ten of them had a negative report. So not two of them right. were like, OK, we got this. But it says the 10 scouts negative report about the promised land was a case of reality versus distortion. The reality was that God had promised that the people would conquer the land. The fact that God himself ordered the scouts into the land should have given the people great confidence. The distortion was that the giants seemed more real and immediate than God's promise. Fear distorts our view of reality. The giants in our path may appear more powerful than our mighty God who promises to deliver us. Sooner or later, we all face some fearsome giants in our lives, especially great temptation, guilt, sin, anger, anxiety, depression. Others don't let the size reduce the size of the fear reduce the size of your God. Well, and that's the one thing I covet about numbers, though, is, like, God was, like, a real physical form in front of them. Yeah. Maybe not, like, as a human form, but, like, they heard his voice. They saw fire. They saw clouds. Like They saw the Red Sea right part. part. I know. And all the Egyptians die. They did. They saw, like, water shoot out of a rock. Like, they, st- they mm-hmm. saw all these things. And we don't get the benefit of that. And maybe God would be like, shut up, Megan. I show you things every day. (laughs) But, like, there is that piece of, like, my fears. I can feel them. They're right in front of me. They do look bigger than they Mm -hmm. are, you know. I also have numbers 9 through 11. I was like, Moses got sassy with – Moses got sassy (laughs) with God there. And I – and God just listened to him. I Mm -hmm. thought it was – I put emotions are high for God, for Moses, and for the Israelites. (laughs) I just love it when he, like, finds his voice and he's like, now you listen to me, mm-hmm. right? Um, but then there was that whole uprising against leadership, like, when the spies went in. Um, and Moses, again, I feel like he's always the one, like, going to God so boldly and, like, setting it straight, mm-hmm. you know, advocating for them. He's kind of like a social worker, I'm just going to say. <laughs> just do a little plug. <laughs> yeah. Just a little pug. 
for social work. Um, so sometimes we like we read and then there's like a reflection time for one day. And I was, I love these words of blessing. They're like my favorite. Uh, this is my favorite blessing and we use it in worship a lot in number six. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Like, I love that because I, I think we it's, use it every time in worship. Every time in worship. I just think Isn't it's that a, what they say at the end of worship? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I just think it's a beautiful image. And I mm-hmm. was like, how did I miss those words? I must have been up early one morning and not fully attentive. Yeah. And I totally missed it. And I was like, that's my favorite blessing. Because that whole piece of, like, God turning his face towards you that I think that's just a great image, and so I was I was so mad at myself that I'm not always paying attention to what I'm reading or having mm-hmm. read to me. Yeah, this book at the end, I think it's like day seven, so she splits it up kind of by weeks. I mean, it's like I said, it's the same questions, but she gives a mm-hmm. summary on day seven. So you're not reading the Bible, but she gives a right. summary, and I always find it helpful because sometimes, like especially numbers, it can just get very like hard. Well, to read and comprehend, and you're like, oh my gosh, we're still on the numbers, we're still on the laws, we're still on this. But then she like summarizes it in a way that you're like, oh, you just pulled out the main fact. And most of the time, it's gospel oriented. And that was my reflection that day of like, man, I missed that. I wonder if the people missed it too, because God was like, do this, do that, do don't do this. Uh, and like, are they missing? Mm-hmm. He, that he's also blessing him in the mm-hmm. midst of it. And so, like, that was, like, a, an eye-opening thing for me. Mm-hmm. Then we get into Numbers 15, and God does some, um, like, the earth swallows up people who are not <laughs> behaving. I'm like, oh, okay. And, I, I, I mean, to me, God's anger was scary. Like, he... It's Israelites, too, to clarify. It's not just, like... Yeah, no. People just mm-hmm. outside of their... The... Chosen people. It's God's chosen people. You can see it. Like, you can see his anger. And I think the people were just afraid of him at some point, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and he killed a ton of people that day by swallowing out. Well, and it earth. wasn't like, I'm going to give you three strikes and you're out. It was like, nope, done. Nope, done. <laughs> Swallowed But up. he had given them a million strikes. For sure. Yeah. But it it's, I don't. I don't like seeing it because it's not who I picture God being now. Yeah. Like the God of the Old Testament would scare the crap out of me too. What's interesting is that I'm taking away from Deuteronomy reflections, but it makes a lot of sense now too because he'll, he continues into laws, but then he gives the reasoning like you'll do this to get rid of the evil among you. Mm-hmm. Like if there's, so I'm pretty sure that's what he was getting at. Like, okay, these people are not following me. They're not listening to what I'm saying. They're arguing with me, like, done, because I'm trying to train this group of people to be the ones that stick out, to draw people to faith, and these people are clearly pulling back again. Yeah, and, you know, as Christians, it's like when you reflect on the people in your life, are they, like, pulling you towards Christ? Are they pulling you away from Christ kind of thing? And if they're not pulling you to him, or if they're pulling you away, should you have him in your life? Or should you... Swallow them into the ground. Swallow not. them into the ground. <laughs> I, I mean, there's been a lot of things on social media recently. It's like what you continue to allow in your life like, is going to reflect on the things that you believe or the, where you prioritize your time. And I think that's kind of the same thing. Like what are you continuing to allow? Mm-hmm. People that disturb your peace or not, you know? So I think, I think that is some of the same takeaways there. Mm-hmm. 
I had a reflection in one of these chapters that says, when are they ever going to learn? But then I put, when am I ever going to learn? Yeah. You know, because we can sit here and judge all these Israelites. And it is very different that he was like almost physically among them. Mm -hmm. It's very different. Maybe it's not so different. We're just not as open to it. Like you said, we may might not be seeing him in the same ways, but it's just kind of like, oh my gosh, you guys saw literally physical actions. You saw the plagues on Egypt. You saw the Red Sea. You saw these things. And you're still just not learning anything. Is that when they, I can't remember, when did they get the sentence to wander? Was that after the Right after the spies. Up? Yeah. Oh, right after the spies. Mm-hmm. Then there's this whole thing in Numbers 21 that I'm just like, okay, so God gets mad in Exodus when they make a bronze calf. He makes a bronze serpent that's going to help heal them. And I was like, okay, this feels like witchcraft to me like it doesn't feel of God and there's just some I don't know there's just some things that I'm like what are like if I was God this is not how I would choose to do these things mm-hmm. like in number 21 uh I think it's like 21 and 22 he uses this bronze serpent um and then but in through some of that other people start to recognize God's power like other prophets like what's his face <clears throat> Balaam and so, I don't know. It was That one was a weird one for me. Do you, but do you think he was trying to do that as, like, to give them a visual reminder? Like, I mean, at this time, all they had was Moses talking at him. Yeah, that's true. I mean, can you imagine sitting here and listening to this all the time and then trying to remember this? It's not like they were reading it like we are. And, like, how and so, do you think he spoke? Like, the man was, how freaking old was he by then? Do you think it just took him forever to tell well, all how these was things? his, like, stutter? Like yeah, he, he, he's stutter. I who's remembering all this? Like, are they chiseling it into a rock? I don't know. <laughs> How long does that take? We also skipped over the fact that Moses got his sentence that he's never going to enter yeah, the that is true. promised land. That's in chapter 20. All because, the, I mean, the Israelites were complaining that there's no water. Mm-hmm. So God could have just said, oh my gosh, be quiet. But no, he said, no, nope, Moses, strike the rock and water will come out. Moses struck struck it not once but twice, and because of that, no he, promised land he for goes, you. You and Joshua or Aaron will not enter into the promised land. I was like, wow. <laughs> I think I my reflection was not truly sure, totally sure Moses and Aaron deserve those punishments, but I'm not God. <laughs> but did you do you think? I mean, he obviously knows his heart and his right, mind. Right. So did he know that Moses struck it twice because he's like. This is a rock, God. How's water going to come out of this? Like, Or do you think he was just like, dude, listen, I said strike it. I didn't say, like, strike it twice. Just strike it. I don't know. Or do you think, and maybe, and this is where I was, like, it's time for the next generation of leadership to come. Like, it's time to get ready that I'm going to let you know you're not walking into this place. It's time to train up a new yeah, leader. Yeah, start the new beginning with. Mm-hmm. You just be- feel... You just feel so sad for Moses. Like I know he did so much, and then just be like, "But you're not going in. <laughs> you're you're done." And yeah. FYI, you still got some wandering to do because you yeah. started your forty years. But after that, it's like I'm gonna show it to you. Yeah, you can. Look he into does it, show it to him, but you can't go in. <laughs> but for me, it felt like okay, it's time to move on to the next generation. I'm gonna kill all these people. I mean, if you think about the amount of people that died in those forty years when people had been living like Moses. 
into like what well, 500s? They all had to. I think they wandered for forty years to kill off that to whole kill generation. Them off. Yeah, I mean, swallowing them up in the earth helped a little bit. <laughs> yeah, that numbers but didn't down he say there. that it had to be like the adult generation? Yes. So it's like I mean, a and whole if they were living to hundreds of years, I mean, but I guess forty years isn't shorten the lifespan. Yeah, oh, by a lot. Yeah, that seems crazy to me. This whole story of Balaam, though, of this prophet who was not from Israel but recognized God's power and recognized God's people. Like, to me, I think that's a taste of what God was trying to do and what I know he continues to do throughout the Bible is, like, mm-hmm. I'm pulling you apart to set you apart and people notice you. Mm-hmm. Like, people are either fearful of you as a nation because you're so large and massive or there's kind of, like, this respect for the God that you worship. And I think that's, like... One of the first times we see it in the in numbers, like we saw it as they sent them out of Egypt, but also this piece of like even if you don't believe in my God, you recognize His mm-hmm. power. Yeah, because He was almost hired, quote unquote, by how do you say it? Black, Blake, Balak. I don't know. Like in that, I let the guy that reads me the Bible pronounce all of these. <laughs> things I know, on and my I even app. listened. I remember listening to this on a run, and I just this story. So he wanted to send for Balaam mm-hmm. to curse the Israelites because I think at this point they were like going through and they were starting to kill people and they were like, I don't want him to attack me. So he's like, Balaam, come curse him. And he, didn't want and to. he was like, and no. Then you have the story of his donkey. Talking to him. Yeah. I love that. I was listening. I'm just smiling on my run. I'm like, this is just <laughs> the most random story. And But that was, again, stubbornness because the donkey like turned around and turned around. He was like, what the heck? He gets mad at the donkey. Yep. But then the donkey talks to me. He's probably like, oh, my gosh. Stop hitting me. I'm not going there. You can walk your happy butt if you want. Yeah. No, I thought that was a really. And um, he blesses him, what, three times? Yeah. Because God was speaking to through mm-hmm. him or whatever. And I thought, too, like, Balaam listened. He saw these things that were happening. but it, But it clearly tells you, but he didn't ever believe in God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like such that, a difference it? between listening and believing. Yeah. And there's a story with him. Is it at the end of numbers or in mm. Deuteronomy I, that it ends and basically we find out he had no faith? But it's like, right. He oh, had no faith. Mm-hmm. You did all of this. You had a talking donkey to you and you just. <laughs> How dumb can you be? Yeah. That's probably though. I think it. sometimes I think it's funny to think of like God sitting here listening to us and he's like, girls, I'm doing the same thing in front of your face every freaking day. Yeah. Okay, but then we get to Numbers 27 and the women show up. And in my podcast that I listen to, my murder podcast I listen to, like their line is like, let the women do the work. And it's the first time where we see these women fight for their inheritance and like fight to keep their father's name alive. Um, And I just thought it was the best. I was so all woman power this like I would be. Um, But... There were definitely some, like, not letting the women speak for themselves, um, but protecting women in a way that was, like, respecting them. So normally when I read the Old Testament and the things about women, I get really fired up because there's a lot of, like, laws that shush them and subdue them. But I did feel like they were working to protect them at times. Mm -hmm. Um, But God listened to them. Yeah, and Moses didn't shut them away. No. Before him and said, this isn't, like, because there was, there was, they were talking about that there was women and the father had no sons. Mm -hmm. And then didn't he die? And I don't know if he died 
in he a died in there yeah. or, or something, but they're like, this land should still be ours. Right. Just because he doesn't have a son, why is it going to You shouldn't take it from else? us. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the, and they were listened to. And I thought that was that was huge. I was I loved that. Mm-hmm. Um Don't, do you ever wonder as you're reading this, like, how did they remember all this? They didn't have paper back then. I know. How would they write this down? Like, then the Lord said to Moses, well, who who wrote that down? Who told you this? Like, how? Okay, but doesn't so this, isn't the kind of, like, history of it as, like, they shared these stories with their kids. Stories upon stories upon, like, these were passed down from generation to generation. A lot of detail to remember. So you really think there was a talking donkey? <laughs> Might have gotten twisted a little bit. Who knows? Yeah. No, <clears throat> definitely. And there's a lot on the offerings that they're supposed to give. Mm-hmm. Makes you think of, like, God gave you so much, what are we giving back to him? Yeah. Kind of thing. And then Numbers, the end of Numbers, is really about, which I thought was just interesting, they set up cities of refuge. So, like, if you have accidentally murdered somebody, <laughs> if you've accidentally so done sorry, something. Sorry, I tripped you and killed so you. So sorry you died on my property. <laughs> You can, like, go to these cities of refuge until you get to the year of, is it the year of Jubilee, where, like, everybody from the cities of refuge is, like, pardoned or something. Yeah, that'll be their first certain amount of time. I just wrote, like, how many accidental murders are happening? Like, that you would even have to set this stuff up, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, I don't know. So interesting to think about. Um, And then... The note in my books that I underlined that these town of refuge demonstrates the balance between God's justice and God's mercy. Mm-hmm. God has a concern and provision for justice and culture that did not always protect the innocent. Murder was never taken lightly, but proof of guilt was required. So funny, it's like some of the same systems we have set up today. Mm-hmm. And I think it's interesting how through like all the laws you see glimpses of God's grace. Like just little mm-hmm. things. Mm-hmm. Um we're pointing back to history i i my first thought with the cities of refuge was even moses and how he got his start he killed that egyptian because yeah. he saw an israelite being beat up and so he fled mm-hmm. and he found refuge with i'm already forgetting so is that an accidental murder it's probably not a murder it's a justified murder i guess but i mean but was it according to the egyptians it wasn't because that was their right. job was to beat them but then you're supposed to protect your Adam. How horrid. My last kind of note at the end of Numbers was, sometimes the people of God sound so petty with their requests and arguments. <laughs> That's how I, how I summed up Numbers. I think it's so interesting to read Numbers because, like, sometimes I take, like, God's vantage point of, like, gosh, won't these people ever shut up and get it right? Mm-hmm. And other time I take the people's of, like, oh, my goodness. God, what are you doing? Or... Mm-hmm. Why are you doing this? So I I don't know. I like. Well, it depends on the point. day and your mood. Like, it what does. mood are you in or when you're reading it? Like, are you sassy today? Because if you are, then you're probably gonna pull out like, my gosh, God, you're really angry, or the people are really stupid. If you're like having a good day, you might notice the grace or right. <laughs> compassion on the people. But I don't know. I read right when I wake up in the morning, so I haven't dis- I haven't established my mood. Could be yes. determined from last night. It could be true. Know. Yeah, that's true. The time of the month. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> A lot of things. <laughs> Big takeaway from numbers for you? 
You go first. (laughs) I feel like my bigger takeaway is like, I see what you're up to, God. Like, I see one, how you want to set apart your people, how you're teaching them big lessons for the future, right? And then like, how you're getting them ready for things that you know are coming. Mm -hmm. Like, I can see, I can see what you're up to. Numbers doesn't seem as harsh now that we're not in it. I think when I was reading numbers, it did seem pretty... It seemed heavy. Harsh and heavy. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's a takeaway, but it you, you there's just like a frustration. And you, to put yourself in God's shoes of like, this was written how many years ago? And we're still doing the exact same things that they were doing. Yeah. There's just a lot more grace involved because of what we just celebrated over Easter. Like, it's just... We were saved from all these like harsh punishments because of Christ's death. But it's just like, my gosh, he's got to love us all. I mean, think about how frustrated you get with your children. Yeah. Or coworkers. Or like if you're a teacher, your students. Like when they do the same mistakes over and over and over again, like it's hard to let it go. Or like your spouse. It's hard not to be angry. But I'm like, from the time we wake up, we start doing the same <laughs> things that we've been doing. And God's probably like, oh my gosh, when are they ever going to learn? But we don't. But he still loves us. And he's been doing it for thousands of years. <laughs> And I think maybe he's not as quick to anger as he was in the Old Testament. Because sure. he was pretty quick to anger at times. He probably knew we needed God. Or Jesus. Yes. And that he needed Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> he needed him too. Oh, that's an interesting concept. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think all of those things are definitely applicable today. It's so funny how you can read the Old Testament and it's still applicable, even though some of the things feel really, like, outdated and, like, I'm sorry, I'm not going to go drain an animal of blood and throw it all over an altar. But, you know. You might get a, put in jail. I would. People would come to your house and be like, why do you have so many dead The animal activists would come after start me. Start smelling when you start lighting them. <laughs> Megan's in jail now because. Because <laughs> she was just trying to follow the Old Testament laws. Yeah. I don't know. A good, gracious God that doesn't isn't as quick to anger sounds a lot better than. Well, maybe he needed Jesus too to save the animals because there's probably a lot of dead animals. There would have been a ton. I don't know where they all came from. There would have been a ton of dead animals. There would have been, I mean, we talked about this last time, but the coatings of blood on the altar would have been so gross. I just don't know where all the animals came from, too. Me neither. Like, they had to be procreating, like bunnies, but they're not bunnies. So, like, (laughs) procreating like bunnies. But, I mean, seriously. (laughs) No, you're right. For sure. Procreating like bunnies. <laughs> On that note, we're going to wrap up for today. We are headed into Deuteronomy. We've already uh, slightly begun. And so um, we'll probably come back with Deuteronomy and Joshua in about a month. Um, but if you're following along on this journey with us, we hope you're having some takeaways. Love any interaction on our social media about what you're reading in the Word and what's been helpful. And maybe, I don't know, befuddling to you because we definitely have some befuddling things in numbers for sure. So thanks for going on this journey with us and we'll be back soon with another episode.